Hey, Nate, what's going on, man? Not much. Oh, uh, new cape, I see? Yep. I, uh, you know, thought I'd try something new. Try to uh, be a little smooth, a little fashionable. What do you think? It's, uh, it's all right. Um, did you get that from Lando? Uh, no, no. It's, um, it's a custom piece I had, you know, done up. Just my own thing. You get it from Kira? No. It's a tablecloth, isn't it? Is it that obvious? A little bit. Enjoy your stay, What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You really belong here with us, fun club. Hey, hey, welcome back, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino. Or, welcome for your first time, I suppose, if this is, in fact, your first time. I can never tell anymore. Um, I'm Michael Morris, your Baron Administrator and host. And that other guy you hear chattering away, well, that's, that's also your host, Nathan P. Butler. Hey, everybody. Chattering away. That's, that's pretty on point. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hey, it's it's totally cool. We all chatter away. That's why it's called a podcast and not a be silent for an hour and a half cast. I I really didn't think that sentence through before I started. No, but, not really, no. <laughs> hey, so what else is new? Uh the answer is a couple things. I guess. This is true. Um uh, we are recording our first episode tonight since uh, E3 was going on. There's not a lot of news coming out of E3 for Star Wars. Uh, maybe not necessarily as much as some expected, but we've got some news about a new game that we knew was coming that now has a title and the absolute most bare bones of possible descriptions. And then we have some more news about what's going on with Battlefront 2, and Battlefront 2 just had a new content drop, along with some bits and pieces of a handful of new items being released from Fantasy Flight games. So we've got a a decent amount of news. It's not the kind of overload that sometimes we get when Fantasy Flight just dumps a ton of announcements on us at once, and really not as much as we've seen a lot of times from E3. But we do have some new news, and that justifies an episode. That's right. And, of course, you know, solo content. And even though um, I've talked about it on, like, 18 other podcasts, and you've probably done the same, uh, we should at least kind of discuss it together for at least a minute or two since you know yeah. we did just have a yeah. new movie you know i'll be honest with you it's been it, it, it's been such a blur just this last few weeks of it being sort of a combination of the end of a semester for me plus the beginning of summer semester and in between doing all kinds of training of new teachers for summer semester and everything i honestly forget who all i've even had conversations about solo with so when you said hey let's talk about it i'm thinking have we not done that in depth yet? <laughs> we actually haven't. Have we not? No. My God. You know, I know that me and Mark haven't because we've been so tied up on the whole uh, fandom toxicity thing the last couple of episodes. So our next one is solo. But yeah, I guess we haven't really gone too much into that territory yet. So hey, new movie, relatively speaking, <laughs> that was already up for pre-order on home video the day before it came out. Hey, man, that's uh, that's the times we live in. I Dude, mean, that's my thing, so that's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm totally fine with <laughs> early pre-orders as long as I can actually get them. So, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I want to just go ahead and jump to this real quick. Um, 
I actually think I'm going to do something that I never do because, of course, you know how I feel about them. But I think I'm going to actually pre-order the Steelbook. Ooh, because it has the Falcon on it? And, and you are talking about the Best Buy one, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the thing. Not because I don't like Steelbooks. I love Steelbooks. Ah, uh, yes. I just the love Best Buy. Best Buy. Right. So, well, you know, if you give it some time, mm-hmm. give yourself a little bit more time to actually get it in your hands. You know, if, if you're fine with having maybe a couple of copies where one of them is just a regular one or one's from Target or whatever, um, you can import those from the UK and the UK is going to have two different steelbooks from Zavi, one of which is 4K and Blu-ray, the other of which is 3D and Blu-ray. So, you know, and and they're all region free when they get over here are all regions so you can watch them here. It's just a question of whether or not you're willing to wait for them to get it cuz usually it'll be about a week or two after we get it, they'll get it and then the shipping time. But still, if you really want a steelbook but want to avoid Best Buy, you can if you want. Will it, it just, be that gonna cost same, yourself time. will it be that same Falcon one? Because I really like the look of it. Um, you know, I actually haven't seen, I don't think, the, what the Zavi one is going to look like. Um, typically, and I can look at it while we're talking here, but typically what you'll find is there's a WWA steelbook, which is worldwide art. And it means that it's the same steelbook art, regardless of where you are in the world, for most of the world. Um, it just may have the title in different languages, or you may have ones with no text on it at all, so it can be used from region to region. Um but then usually at least one place will have a WEA steelbook, the World Exclusive Art. Uh, and that's the one that's usually the most sought after. Um, but usually not the one we see in the U.S. Um, oddly enough, for Last Jedi, it was a WEA over here. Ours look different than everywhere else. Whereas most of the time, ours looks exactly like everywhere else. And it takes um, something like China's Blue Fans or something to actually have something that looks unique. Um, so my bet would be the same, but I will look um, as we're going here so I can inform you later in the episode if they've put up pictures of it. Okay. So, um, you know, that's like I said, I want to do that. And, and I'll probably get the Target one as well because they always are like, hey, we're Target and we add on some extra content you're going to give a crap about. Uh, and I can tell you that too. So and I'll- I already have an answer for you on the Steelbook, and that is that Zavi hasn't shown what they look like yet. So, <laughs> no, no usefulness there um but uh target apparently is going to have one that is going to include a little teeny tiny little millennium falcon toy basically um in fact if you're a red card member you can already pre-order it and what i'm trying to figure out now is is there a difference between the regular one you'll be able to get at target versus the red card because the one with the red card when you look at the image the falcon is red so i'm not sure if that's just for red card members, or it's just red for Target, and they'll all have a red Millennium Falcon. Um, well, we don't have any kind of official announcement yet. We probably won't get that until maybe two to three weeks before the actual release. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, um, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out better closer to time, I suppose. You're just like the Falcons. You're just going to have like like Lando's Falcon everywhere now. So I'm assuming that also means you're going to get at least one of the new ones that they've announced for X-Wing 2nd Edition, right? Oh, my God. Yes. that I am so happy about that. There's, I, I can't believe I, I didn't put that in the notes. I'm glad you brought that up. We're getting a scum Falcon. Yes, and that's – I, I got to be honest. It feels a little weird to me. I mean, I like the fact that that faction is going to have a YT-1300. I think that'll be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense 
in essence, because Lando is not necessarily rebel or imperial or First Order resistance because now they're going to be different factions and all. It's just kind of weird because the scum and villainy, because of that name, to me has already always kind of felt like, well, they're the bad guys, but they're not the Imperials. So most of the time I'm seeing them as like a rival to the rebels or the resistance just mentally when I'm when I'm conceptualizing the game. So to have Lando be dumped into that with his Falcon just feels weird. But I guess that's the only place to put him if you're not going to stick him with one of the declared factions. It's kind of a, the catch-all miscellaneous category. It just happens to sound like it's the bad guys. Well, we need the smugglers and spies uh, group to match the way the factions were lined up, say, in uh, the LCG. Uh, no, I, I don't like that, honestly. I, I Because I like the idea that they're just sort of the that middle ground to where some they can kind of be sort of good or kind of bad or whatever but they're mostly i mean like for instance in the movie like han was in it for himself you know what i mean i just i, I like it being just that third middle ground faction of you know it, it kind of just depends on the individuals as to you know which way they're going to lean or whatever i don't know i i like it just as its own thing and um I also love that, like, I love that they even call it Lando's Millennium Falcon. So I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty pumped about it. And apparently, I don't see it anywhere within the initial announcement, at least not any pictures of it. But apparently the uh, escape pod, I'm hearing, can be removed. I think it's mentioned somewhere within the article, yeah. but I know that, you know, that was one of the things was, well, wait a second, you know, is it going to be able to be separated off? Uh, is it going to wind up just being part of it and the nose is all one piece? How is that going to work? Um, it even, of course, has, if you look at the design of it, it's not just the color scheme in the front piece because, of course, in the film, the dish gets ripped off, but it's a, and it's a different dish design uh, in terms of the way that it sits on the Falcon. And then you've got the different uh, cannons that actually play into the way the Battlefront's mm -hmm. uh, new Millennium Falcon works. So it's a nice... It's a nice design, but it is a second edition only product. This is not like uh, Saw's Renegades where you're getting stuff from first and second edition in the same box. You're going to need second edition to be able to use this. Which I have no qualms with myself. I no, I'm, me neither. Because I'm like, you know what? Second edition, that's how we play the game now. So um, I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. And like, I think it's really cool too. They Because as much as I love Lando, I've never liked any of the the Lando mechanics they've done in the past. Um, they've just not really um, made him useful. And, and a lot of it's because of the fact that, you know, the idea, oh, well, Lando's a gambler, so, you know, it's, it should always be a gamble on using his stuff. But the, the problem is for strategy, that always ends up making him a little bit less so because it's like... It, it never ends up actually being worth the, the gamble. You know what I mean? It's well, like see, and now you don't have to worry about it because as we know now, Lando's not just a really good gambler. Lando is a cheating SOB. A dirty, so now you can stack cheater. the deck while you play. Exactly. And that's that's actually how this card reads, which is um after you roll the dice, if you are not stressed, you can gain one stress to re roll all of your blank results. Better bug it up, baby. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm like, that's great. Uh, so good. So, I mean, I don't have anything else to say about this other than I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited that I'm, because that's exactly what's going to happen is I'm going to start playing um, 
this ship immediately. Like that's going to be, I'm going to be like, all right, how do I make my squad based around this and go from there? Um, but anyhow, so let's talk about the movie just for a minute. What'd you think of it? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I went into it with very low expectations, quite frankly, um, just wanting to have a fun Star Wars experience, and I think that's what we got. Um, it's a movie that it's 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 as safe and non-controversial as Last Jedi was daring and controversial. I couldn't um, disagree it, with you any harder. Really? Okay. So so okay. So there's there's that aspect of it. I would say um, I like. Although it drove people nuts, I like the connection made at the end that you said was going to blow people's minds. That's why I felt like we talked about it before, because you had seen it. <laughs> and you were telling me it was going to break the internet. That's what it was. Which it should um, have, but no one which saw it. Which it should have, but didn't really. Um, but yeah, so I thought the thing that was going to break the internet, as you said, like it was an interesting connection there at the end. Um, the characters I thought were pretty good. Um it's, it's, it was Again, it was fun, and it's funny because I don't find a lot of flaws with it. So I'm sure it's going to wind up fairly high on my list of Star Wars films, but at the same time, it's not something that was so bombastic and sort of blew my mind that I'm thinking, you know, wow, this is amazing. And yet it was just a fun, continuous, non-frustrating kind of ride. The only thing that that got me was the thing that I expected to get me, which was the casting, right? Um, you've got primarily, okay – You've got uh, Lando and Han are the two that we were the most concerned about because they're having to recast existing characters. And I was trying to figure out, you know, is this going to be essentially a Chris Pine kind of thing with Kirk, where it's basically they're doing their own thing that really has little to no connection to the original performance, but you got to sort of buy them as that. Um, are they going to do something more like a Zachary Quinto and try to go for mannerisms and everything so you really can see that person as a younger version of the other actor? Or something in between, like a Carl Urban doing McCoy, where you don't look at him and think McCoy, but when you actually hear him talk and see the mannerisms of the performance, it fits. Um, and by the time it was done, I kind of felt like for both Lando and Han, what we were getting was a little more towards the pine side of things. Maybe a little bit of Urban, nothing even remotely Quinto-esque. Nobody nailed the previous actor's oh. performance. See, here's the thing. But, I'm just going to go but, ahead. I'm, I'm just going to say. Oh, does my say. But because it's the last thing I would say. Right. And that is simply that but I w but while I was not able to buy them as a younger version of the original actors, I was almost immediately able to buy them as younger versions of the characters and that wound up being what mattered. Okay. You have the floor boss. Okay. So Which I probably cleaned earlier because you are my boss. <laughs> I will say um it, at least in the case of Alden, you are objectively wrong. They're the mannerisms were just bang on to the point of like, you can actually see places online of where, of things that he does you, for instance, and I, I can actually call a few out, uh, cause I've seen it seven times now. Um, good God. Yeah. I really love this movie. The, when he's talking to Emphis and he sort of does like the, like, mm, like the little nod thing that he does. That is totally Han from A New Hope. Like, you see, you can really tell, you can watch A New Hope and then you can watch this film and you can see a lot of the just sort of like the, the little nods and um, things that he does that are exactly the same. He, which, which the mannerisms urban. are pulled off perfectly. Which is urban, as I'm saying, 
not uh-huh. not Quinto in essence. Like I said, I could buy him as a younger version. Like the mannerisms and stuff were there enough that I could buy him as a younger version of the character. So but then- nothing ever made me buy it as a younger version of the people portraying the older version of the character as much as, say, Zachary Quinto taking over for for uh, Leonard Nimoy as Spock. That's what I'm saying. So like, what about... They, so l- the well, appearance let me ask, was different. Just Very. like their physical... Like his physical appearance? Physical appearance. Um, his... Uh, the, the way that he, in most cases, smiled, which was not as much of a smirk, for instance. Oh my god, um, there's so many Han smirks. That, I don't think that... Um, I don't think that Glover as Lando ever captured any of the swagger that you... Just resonates off of Billy D. Williams at all. Um, so to me, again, they were they were, they were good as younger versions of the characters. But could they? Could I see them transitioning into the other characters? Even now that they've sort of changed the timeline, and now both Han and Lando are older in A New Hope than they actually were in Legends. Um, could I see them sort of evolving into Harrison Ford and Billy D. Williams? No. But could I see them as younger versions of Han and Lando? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, we're probably both falling in that in that same uh, thing. I'm just a little. Um, I don't Obsessed. know. I, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. You mean with the film or with Lando? Because those are two different answers. Probably a little bit of both. <laughs> um. You know, so he, here's my thing on it. I, like, I kind of get what you're saying from uh, from a lot of aspects. I, I think, for instance, um, because most people, and it's weird because I'm with you with this, that a lot of people are just like, I thought I was watching Billy D. like he was dead on. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of times, but then a lot of times not so much. And a lot of it, I give it... Um, I give it a little bit of um, breathing room because I'm like, okay, a lot of it is that we haven't really seen, you know, like Billy D. not only was he playing an older Lando, but he was playing a, a Lando in different situations than, than what we're seeing right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, for instance, we never really saw a, a grieving Lando. You know, we never really saw right. a, a, a Lando who... Um, I don't want to say was was losing, but you know, I don't know. It's just it's 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 different. You know what I mean? Well, like I think it's I think it depends on the moment. You know, I mean mm-hmm. he because for me, and I think, and I've I've had people disagree with me on this one too. That you know, you're looking at, um, you know, the initial meeting with Han. You know, the uh, everything you've heard about me is true. Mm-hmm. That I think rang pretty well. Um, some of the other bits, not as much. But the line that to me stood out most is feeling like the way that Billy D would have delivered it was, I hate you. I didn't like the fact that we got uh, the origin of several things that really sort of felt like it was very uh, organic, like uh, the blaster or um, how he gets his hands on the Falcon and so forth, uh, how he gets off Corellia. It all felt kind of organic, except for the last name thing that felt a little forced to me. Um, but I think that, and are we going into, I don't want to go, I'm not going to go too far into spoiler territory, but there's one thing I wanted to mention that to me, in a lot of ways, encapsulated 
how I felt about the film and its characters. Are, can we go slightly into that territory? I have so to me because here's the thing I've like I did a a Twitter thread that I suggest you know if everybody wants to to go read or whatever it's just um, you can find me at Morris Isley on Twitter um, or I just went through and I said everything so I feel like after three weeks although I know there's plenty of people who haven't I I've been really um really jumping on them you know being like come on man like okay how how are you going to call yourself a fan you haven't seen it they're like i know i need to see it and i'm like dude um so i know there's plenty of people who haven't seen it but if you haven't i'm sorry it's been out three weeks i've seen it seven times and i freaking work all the time you have no excuse (laughs) you know like i don't i i just whatever but anyhow Point what me. if you have an excuse because you're boycotting because you boycotted this film and you're going to have boycotted all the Disney films and therefore by now they haven't counted you in their market projections because you boycotted all the other ones so your boycott is meaningless. Oh wait, anyway, um, um, yeah. That, so in the that economic case, teacher in me is kind of like, well, yeah, whatever. Um, in that case, then I just say uh, go to hell. So damn. Okay, well, <laughs> so I, I have know that you're no doing patience. your part for civility and fandom there. Um, <laughs> Okay, but no. So what I would say is what what got me about it, and I think uh-huh. it fits the film in a lot in, in a very good way. Is we watch the trailers, and we have the whole line about how you know I may be the only one in the galaxy who knows what you really are, right? <laughs> and there's a lot of things I expected her to say at that moment. To have it be in the final film that what she says is a good man or, or the good guy, right? Um, it very much encapsulates kind of who Han is versus who he's trying so desperately not to be. Right. And in essence, that that, that carries over so much into A New Hope that I think that sort of encapsulates in a lot of ways just the, the energy of, of, of the character and the film itself. And to me, it works really, really well. So even though, again, it was hard for me initially to buy you know the, the transition of actors um, but could buy the transition of character – I mean, I think that it made for a fun film. Is it a film that we needed to see? No. Is it a film that needed to be made? No, not really. But now we have some cool new characters added into the mix. Okay, I'm I'm going to challenge you on that because I I hate that phrasing. Um, Us to come uh, that will also manage to tie in to rebels and Clone Wars and so forth. I mean, I, I I'm actually eager to see a second solo film. More eager for that really um, than for some of the other stuff that has been announced because this one was so entertaining so hey i i have to challenge you on the the whole is this a film we needed to see though because i hate well that you frame. needed to see it seven times apparently well but you know what though but here's the thing did we need to see the force awakens and the last jedi did we really need those films if we're talking about planning ahead for a future of Star Wars on film, I would say a sequel trilogy was pretty much a given. A what happens after Return of the Jedi was pretty much a given. Yes. Okay. I think that was obvious from the get-go. Yes. So so far, the anthology films have been films where we're kind of like, don't we already know this? Haven't we already seen this? Well, no, I guess that was Legends. Okay, I guess show it to us in canon in a movie. So then That's kind of been what Rogue One and, ha- and Solo have been. They're, they're great films. They're really fun to watch. They're some of my favorite Star Wars films. But were they necessary relative to other stories that could have been told that actually went into new territory with new characters, uh, given us uh, new eras to explore in these really epic tales? Yeah. See, but they are new eras. I mean, that's that's an era that hasn't been explored in film. In film? Yes. 
Well, but you know what? Although the although, Last Jedi fair, has been, expo- I mean, th- those uh, the sequel trilogy has been explored in the books as well, but so, it hasn't in canon, and that's right. kind of the thing. Which is, but they went put it this way: they went much more afield with the sequel trilogy than what we expected them to do with with these films because you know and it's just the nature of the way that you're that they're making the films right if you're making films that take place in the far future of what the last stuff was that we saw you're going to be able to go in new directions and be somewhat surprising if you're making films that are effectively prequels the way that the prequels were or solo is or rogue one was then you're creating films that can have some cool things happen in them but to some degree where they go is somewhat stifled by the fact that they are direct lead-ins to something else or at least a jumping lead-in to something else. It's kind of the same issue that I had with Clone Wars versus Rebels. Aside from the fact I think Rebels just tells its story better than most of Clone Wars, although the last couple seasons were pretty good. Um, with Clone Wars, you knew what was going to happen because they were just leading up to Revenge of the Sith. You knew what was going to happen with many of these characters, so the stakes weren't very high relative to Rebels, where it was basically an all-new cast. You can do more daring things and unexpected things with a sequel trilogy than you can with, hey, it's the origin of Han, it's the origin of the Death Star plans mission, it's the origin of Boba Fett, it's the origin of etc., etc., etc. Give us a new era. Like When I say it's something that's like really going to give you some f- creative freedom, give us something that is removed enough from other things that doesn't rely on being a prequel to other things, and you're going to be able to have a lot more um, flexibility with your storytelling, a lot more bombastic and unexpected things happening, like... I mean, I think the, the most unexpected thing that people were expecting to happen with Solo was some people thought that after the whole thing with John Kasdan saying that Lando was pansexual, everybody thought that Lando was going to hit on Han, it seemed like, in the movie. And that was like the only thing people were expecting to be, have be unexpected with the film at all. We'll see. Aside I... from the appearance of that certain character at the end, you were there say... really that many surprises in it? Um yeah i mean i i think you can go through and and actually see that there there were several surprises but um specifically and 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 here's where i want to talk about like like you said with clone wars because i've got to disagree with you on that as well sure of course you do because that's what we do so yes i mean yes we know what happens with sidious we know what happens with obi-wan we know what happens with anakin but we we thought everyone thought they had an idea of what was going to happen with Ahsoka and Rex. And we were all wrong. We were all completely wrong, you know? Um, And that's the thing about this film is because the, the big standout for me was Kira because we had, you know, I honestly thought I'm like, Oh, well, you know, she's going to die by the end of it. That was what I thought going in to see the movie. And then, what I love even further is that everyone also thinks they know what was going on. And I, which I know I'm going to be like the, who would I saw what was going on and I was the one who figured it out, but guess what I was, you can go, you can go listen to other podcasts where I said it and then turn around and you can go listen to Ron Howard talk on uh, the empire podcast. And then he's all like, Hey, that guy, Michael was right. Okay. He didn't say my name, but he said the same thing I said. So it's close enough. But point being, um, Everybody thought, oh, well, Kira betrayed Han. No, she didn't. No, she did not. That's not what happened. That's somebody watching the movie and not paying attention. Right. Which, I will be honest, I I kind of understand. Because, of course, at that moment, you're like, oh, let's see what's going on. I can't listen to the dialogue because my mind is melting. 
Oh, no. It's a great misdirection. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to the dialogue and you see how the scene plays out, I mean, it's it's like you're thinking for the entire time, oh, oh, it's going to be, you know, this character. Or it's going to be this character that winds up betraying because you know that as soon as Beckett said, you know, that that expect everybody to betray you. Oh, he's going to be the betrayer. And then you're like, oh, my God, it wasn't him. It was Kira for like the 30 seconds it takes for them to reveal. Yeah, it was exactly who you expected the entire time, except that last 30 seconds, mm-hmm. which is which is cool. And I, I like the new characters. I don't think Val got a chance to do nearly enough. Uh, neither did Rio. Yeah, um, but but they I think they served for they the served story. They served yeah. a great purpose. Um, in no, fact, yeah. the thing is, what I love is when they both die. Um, that um, they both their last lines are actually super important to the story and what the story's saying, because when Rio dies, you know his whole um, you know philosophy or whatever is like, oh no, you know it's just me. I'm not gonna get tied down. And then he he's dying and he says, yeah, Kira or not Kira Val was right. You know it's not good to die alone. So he dies with regret. And then right. right after that, Val dies, and her last words are, "It's been a ride, babe. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't trade it for anything." Yeah, which is which is awesome, and it's a great moment. Um, one of my few complaints with the film is is the fact that unless the fact that we, I mean, we had the great moment of Beckett. You know, when we had the whole, you know, you jo- you, you know, you come with me, you're in this for life. And again, you're thinking that that's just you know, kind of a, a hackneyed kind of whatever, you know, it just kind of is what it is. You assume all this context to it. And then it turns out that, no, he's basically trying to save Hans, but mm-hmm. because look, kid, they haven't seen your face. As soon as they do, you're stuck. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was a really powerful moment. But as, but unless that moment is being informed by the loss of Val, he shows little to no emotional reaction to the loss of Val and Rio outside of the moment it happens. It doesn't seem to have an ongoing effect on him for the rest of the film at all. I'm assuming it's meant to, and we're supposed to assume that it is, but it sure as hell isn't there on film. But you know what? I like the character, but that is one of my quibbles. But see, I, I wouldn't, I don't want him to just like break down and start crying over Val like every few minutes or whatever. You know what I mean? No, but he shouldn't act like he was doing five minutes ago. He should be like, damn, the woman I love just died. Well, crap. All right. So what were we doing? No, see, like I said, I disagree. I think actually a lot of it kind of, um, I think that he was already a sort of a jaded character, and I think that sort of uh, changed him even further. So I think that, um, I think it's there, it's just not super surface level, which I don't want. Which which is funny because I, I think back to a lot of the complaints people had about Last Jedi. I loved Last Jedi. And that was deepened, and a lot of the questions that I had were actually answered in Jason Fry's novelization of it. But now they're doing this crap where the novelization comes months after the film. Um, well, which basically you can blame means, Mark Herleman. <laughs> which means it basically, yeah, the whole question about, is it canon or Jason? Is it, you know, it's, it's all supposed to be. Oh, oh, I was talking about uh, the, the, the Finn uh, lightsaber cut. Oh, the Finn lightsaber. Okay, yeah. well, that, that's it. But no, just it strikes me as interesting that um, I think a lot of what you're talking about that we're supposed to, to assume is on screen will absolutely be in the novelization. But since we're not getting it in the film itself mm-hmm. as much, um, to me, that's a weakness. But again, that's the same type of thing that you get like, you know, it's, it's the same thing just to a lesser extent, I would argue. 
as, wait a second, how did uh, Ray learn her Force powers so quickly? There's an explanation for it, but it's found within the novelization and never once really touched on on film that winds up causing an issue. Yeah, I, For I some. don't I, I, Like I said, I think it, it comes down to how much expositional dialogue do you actually need, or, or just in general, how much explanation. And to you me, don't even need the expositional dialogue. He can have a he can have a tear at some point. He can be kind of like like kicking himself for for leading them on the mission that got them killed or something like that. It doesn't have to be expositional but dialogue, prob- but he has yeah. to have some kind of reaction outside right. of one scene. But it's, but that's still. I mean, that's. It's still, like I said, it's it's exposition, and, and it's it's unneeded. And then the thing too is that they would get criticized for that because then people go, "Wow, I mean, like we we can kind of get it. Like, did we really need to stop for that so that we can see that? Oh, he's upset, or because he do. I mean, he he punched Han. You can tell he's upset. We get it. Now we'll kind of move along. Yeah, he punches Han and he's upset. But notice that when he punches Han and when he's upset with Han, he only talks about the job. Not the people they just lost. Yeah, but like I so, said, I don't know. It's, I just, just, there's just that moment just rings. It, but, it it hurts because that moment to me with him trying to protect Han rings so well. But then the fact that he's not really reacting as much to the tragedy that just happened to him, it just rings hollow to me. But again, it's one of the few quibbles I actually have with the film. I think yeah. that the biggest quibble that most people have is the there are people I know. Mm-hmm. who are confused about when the movie takes place because of, and now that you, we've said some spoilers, I guess, because Maul shows up at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are people who, for the most part, didn't follow Rebels, didn't follow Clone Wars, so they're thinking that somehow this is set before Phantom Menace, otherwise how could he be alive? Right. Um, I love the fact that he's in there because it's in mm-hmm. perfect keeping with how we saw him with, you know, from Phantom Menace to the jump, which is kind of the frustrating jump between there and the Clone Wars, and just, eh, how did he eventually get to Lotho Minor? They've explained it in Legends. They have not explained it in canon. Um, once he's on Lotho Minor, kind of seeing him continue with Spider-Maul up through Clone Wars was great. Seeing him back again in Rebels is solid up to his death. Um, so now we have, like, a middle piece of that story that would take place between when he, we saw him briefly in the Ahsoka novel, um... And when we finally see him again in Rebels, and I think that works well, and it totally fits that he would try to do this again. And they're talking about problems with the Pikes, which is one of the groups that he had issues mm-hmm. with after what happened in Clone Wars. It's a great fit. And Sam Witwer doing the voice is always awesome. Which, right. Um, but it just it's one of these things where I think that's the only really divisive thing I've run into mm-hmm. about the film. The, the only other thing even remotely divisive I think that I've heard is the... It, it's like a lack of device is the fact that solo uh, by being a film where, you know, of the leads, most of them are white and most of them are male that, Oh, this one doesn't have the kind of outcry that force awakens and last Jedi did granted. It's kind of an apples and oranges comparison, I think, but Oh, see, there's no controversy about this one. So all the people who are, who make diversity, their main arguing point against the saga, all of a sudden, they're silent, so it's really not about the quality of the films, et cetera, et cetera. It's about you know politics or this or that. So it's kind of one of those where the film itself wasn't controversial, but by virtue of not being controversial after such a controversial film last time, that was the controversy itself. But know. otherwise, it's been a very safe film. Uh, so, and he, here's here's the thing, um, with the whole mall thing, because yeah, I've heard people about that, and I've heard that people say like, oh. Well, that um, that scene 
basically um, like penalizes you or whatever if you didn't watch the the cartoons. And the thing is, no, what it does is it rewards you if you watched them. You can't have it both ways. And what they did was they rewarded the fans, the people who have stuck with Star Wars, the people who've watched that stuff and loved it, and they said, you know what? This this is for you. And I'm so tired of, of people thinking like, you know, like fan service has become a bad word. Like, screw you. You know what? They well, did something I, for me. True. Though I can see, though, the complaint that if you didn't follow... Because there's always the whole thing about how much homework should you have to do to be able to understand a film, right? Um, how much homework should I have to do in order to understand The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi or whatever? Should I have to have read Aftermath? Should I have to have read um, you know, the Phasma comic or you know, what, whatever, right? The novelization, whatever it might be, um, which is a frequent complaint. And in this case, it's interesting because the line that they're threading isn't well, in order to understand this, the homework you had to do was read the novels and comics, which was the primary complaint previously. Now it's what the homework you had to do was to watch the TV shows, the cartoons, which is sort of a different thing because they've, you know, back in the Legends era, they were thought of as sort of a step between books and comics and such and the films because that's the way their level of canon, T canon, was situated between G and C. And with canon, it's all now supposed to be of one equal level where nothing is given more prominence than others. But of course, you know, subconsciously it always will be. Um, but yet here they're saying, you know, yeah, yes, you had to do some homework to understand this scene, but at least it wasn't the books and comics. It was the TV show stuff. Um, but I wonder how the audience, like, like of, of the percentage of people in the Han Solo audience who quote unquote did homework by having either read or seen other Star Wars stuff other than the movies prior to seeing Solo, what percentage follows the books and comics of canon versus what percentage watches the shows or both, as the case may be, um, to determine just how much that scene would have been jarring to someone. But it is interesting that the, that the type of homework for this film was a little bit different. But yes, you did need to do some homework. Otherwise, when you finish watching the film, you're like, what the hell? He's alive? And you have to go do your homework to figure out what it was and fix that cognitive dissonance. Yeah, but also, you know what? whatever we have the internet everybody has netflix like just to go what how is he alive and then oh let me do a quick google search oh he come back in this well let me go check this out if, if you if you're going to complain about that then whatever you know like isn't, I, isn't i'm so done though? no i'm done with it i'm so done with those people <laughs> i am dude i am i'm so tired of it would, like but would it have been different though so i have to ask would it have been different though or do you see it different, differently between, say, someone griping that, wait a second, in order to understand episode eight, I have to have seen episode seven versus someone saying, wait a second, in order to understand the end of Solo, I have to have watched cartoons. Do you draw a line there or is it simply this is all Star Wars, expect it to connect back off kind of the same way some would be say with some of the mcu stuff of you know i can't understand this part of infinity war because i didn't watch black panther or something um, Although who didn't watch black panther 
<laughs> right? That movie made so much money and it was amazing. But the point being, you know what? No, because the thing is, yeah, you have to watch um, more than just a couple of movies to understand in Infinity War. You know what I mean? Uh, not You don't have to watch all of them, but you there are select movies that are actually pretty important to it. And the thing is, it's not like if you didn't watch the Clone Wars that you're just not going to get Solo. You just don't get that one. You just don't understand why Maul's alive. And like, but I isn't said, that the climax? A big part of the climax of the film. It, you, the, it's the one of the few times our characters are off in separate directions. And here's the climax for Han with Beckett. Here's the climax for Kira with Maul. Isn't that because it's part of the climax? That's not a side scene. It's not a little side reference or a little, you know, uh, a fan service over on. You know, on just a, a quick little like joke or something like the reference to Terrace Kasi. This or, is the climax of the film. It's not, it's not Dr. Evazan. Right. Or Dr. Evazan, yeah, just showing up and looking all weird. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sit that line I say. Sorry. I mean, does it does it make a difference? No. I, I don't know. I just, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by your, it's interesting. I, I, it's rare for me to hear you go into a zero tolerance, I'm sick of it kind of mode. That's usually my thing. <laughs> so it's interesting to see you delving into that territory. I'm just kind of curious about the borders and the edges of that territory because here's the thing i'm gonna pretend for a moment that i don't know maul was alive okay what i'm gonna say is okay can i spoil it for you (laughs) no no spoilers okay (laughs) all right so i'm gonna say i see that and i'm gonna go oh crap so this dude that i thought was dead and i remember being kind of a bad dude from the movie is now alive And now Kira has to work for him, and he doesn't believe a damn thing she just said. Girl's in trouble. There. I understood what I needed to from the movie to get through the movie. Now, do I continue on wondering where the heck he got legs from? Yeah. Oh, let me do, like I said, a quick Google search. (laughs) I'm sorry. Eight year olds have cell phones now. You told me. Uh You told me up front. But that was going to be the moment that if anything broke the internet, that would be it. Right. And that was, and it was for those who don't know the context of it. On the last episode, we were talking about this, and he was talking about something that would break the internet, et cetera, et cetera. And once it was all said and done, I asked him what it was because he said because there was a character appearance that you would hear people griping about, and there was a reference to kind of how that was that seemed to tie into the break the internet thing. So I asked him who it was that showed up, but no context at all. He tells me it's Maul, and I think Maul's going to show up like in a cowl off on the side of a scene and have like one line or something. Not be a huge part of the climax of the film, completely unhooded and, you know, gratuitously grabbing his lightsaber so everybody recognizes who it is, as if his his visage wouldn't have done it. Um, But just seeing that, I kept an eye out for it when we were seeing the movie in the theater that first night before any spoilers really were out there. And aside from a few, you know, kind of like that's cool kind of chuckles or like, you know, know, positive reaction kind of grunt type things to certain aspects of the film. That was the one point of the movie, aside from Han shooting Beckett, where somebody yelled, Han shot first from the crowd, which (laughs) is kind of funny. Um, That was the only moment that had people verbally reacting in like a holy crap, what kind Mm -hmm. of way um, to the film. And I'm not sure. Because and I heard people on the way out of the theater having like you would see groups of people walking out, and almost every group in front of us as they walked out, half of the group was explaining to the other half where the mm-hmm. hell Maul came from, and it just it struck me as it's an un, it's it was an unusual approach to take, and for Ron Howard to be the one to do it, like I never thought of Ron Howard as the big Star Wars, uh, like like 
deep background kind of guy. Like, I wouldn't have expected Ron Howard to come in and be like, well, you know, this character survived in the Clone Wars and survived here. How awesome would it be to use him here? We want to make sure he's in there. Because from what I understand, wasn't Ron Howard part of the suggestive process of of making that scene happen? Like, it wasn't necessarily the way that it was meant to be prior to Ron Howard coming in? Or did he just, like... Did he make it more overt or something? So what happened was they had a list of people. Um, and I'm going to sort of put a little bit of my own speculation on this as well. Um, they had a list of people who um, who it was. John Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan's son, is apparently, and actually really shows in the with all the Easter eggs and stuff, a really big Star Wars fan. And he always wanted it to be Maul. My thoughts are that uh, Lord and Miller probably weren't very uh, fond of that. And But the thing is, when, like, when it makes so much sense to be Maul, and if that's who they had in mind for the script, um, it's like, who do you put in there that actually makes sense? And the answer is really nobody. You can't do that scene with anyone else um so um but he he saw and he you know he's like oh i I was familiar with that character from the phantom menace and i thought he was kind of cool so i asked my son about it who um i knew was a big star wars fan and he's like that would be amazing so cool so basically yeah he he liked it and he he then told him like hey i I, you know i I would kind of like to do that and they're like okay cool that's what we'll do. But it was always John Kasdan was, was uh, always pushing for it. But of course, you know, he's the writer, not the, not a um, yeah. director. He didn't have a, a whole lot of power with that. Um, I guess it's a good thing that they got rid of Lord and Miller because then it would have been him showing up like in clown shoes or something, supposedly. Um, um, no, he would be coming out of the, uh, comic relief <laughs> coming out of a hover speeder where that six or seven other Sith pile out of. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to make a, a Ace Ventura joke, but sure. Uh, um, but um, now, so, so I mean that 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 makes perfect sense. It's it's a, and, and I do agree that it, you know, unless you were just going to create some character who was brand new, who else could it have been? But even if you, you know, do in a, order a brand for it to really character. have that kind of impact, unless you're going to make it the one that everybody expected, which is you know, oh, Jabba's going to somehow tie into this, because, which would have been awful. Yeah. Yeah, which wouldn't have made sense because of the different syndicate name and everything. Um, and they did a lot of misdirection like that with the trailers. You know, the uh, the uh, big shot gangster putting together a crew. Like, I'm thinking that's the mission they're talking about mm-hmm. for the bulk of the movie, the train heist. And no, it's it's him referring to Jabba after the fact. Although, right. sending Han to Tatooine to do a job for Jabba works well to get him working for Jabba. But there's a part of me that says, well, I don't know about... Uh, you know, some people are going to think that's the job, and then they're going to get their timeline all screwed up again. Well, so, let me ask you fault. this about the – I will say that, that I found something really hilarious about the Kessel Run um, and, and the connect and, – and, okay, two things, I guess. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So two things about them. One, I love the fact that now there is much more – and I guess this is a Kazdan thing. There's much more of a connection between Han and Ray's situation in that, in essence, he can understand why she'd be trying to go back to Jakku because he was always trying to go back to Corellia for a reason, for a person, which makes sense. Um, I like that connection, mm-hmm. but I did find the the Corelli, the the Kessel Run both hilarious and frustrating. Um, hilarious because you've got the fact right that he's always bragging, you know, he made it in in less than twelve parsecs, right? Mm-hmm. And 
you know, when when Ray says 14, he's all grumbly about it, of course. But you listen to him after the fact, and he says, we just made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, and Chewie says something. He says, if you round down. So mm-hmm. he didn't make it in less than 12 parsecs. He's still full of crap. <laughs> I love that. I, I know. I love it's that. great because um, you're like, that's, there you go. That's, that's the Han that's I want. Um, but at the same time, there's also the, okay, we absolutely have to hit the, the, we have to inject the coaxium or whatever so that we can blast off at exactly the right moment at exactly the right angle or we're screwed. And instead of actually doing it, they give it that that dumb callback to, well, we're going to have the Falcon just not work for a second <laughs> thing so that by the time they actually activate it, they're no longer lined up with what they were supposed to be lined up with, which was the only way to escape, which kind of frustrated me. So I love the the the... Stuff around the Kessel Run, but I think just that aspect of it was one of my other few quibbles. But I don't know. I am. We've spent a lot of time on Solo, by the way. Just, just I know. Yeah, we, we've spent a ton. But I mean, uh, what what are you gonna do? So Solo so became so long. You were getting those out. dad jokes down. You were getting ready. Exactly. Um. So with that. So look, I'll just, I'll just say this real quick. Um. With the that. Castle Run thing. Uh, it's two quick things with that, and then we'll move on to what we were supposed to actually be talking about. Um, one, I, th- I think you were expecting. Um, I, I don't think it was quite that precise as far as how they needed. I think he he would have taken it any time, but Beckett was you know he was trying to get everything done. He's like, come on, come on. He's like, all right, I'm going to count you down. <laughs> you it's know, like they're watching they're watching the angle on the screen move until it lines up and they got to do it when it lines up and they're like no they just needed to get out of there they weren't even like and it wasn't even like close it wasn't like here we're going to put the coaxium in and now zoom we're gone and we were kind of pointing in the same direction between the time that the falcon screw gets all crapified before it actually kicks in they've fallen backwards towards the singularity and the nose of the ship is completely Pointing a completely different direction. It's not even close to lined up anymore. So I mean, it's like, but but they know, didn't the, the logic of it fails me. Well, the first off, they just invented, and and this is the part I really want to say. They just invented space nos. All right, and you don't space nos. Uh, yeah, space not no. That's not what it's called. We're not going to have a nitrous. No. Yeah, no. no they, it's not, this is not the Fast and the Furious. It, it was in that scene. They invented Space Nos. You're just going to have to okay. live with it. All right. Yeah, it kind of was, wasn't it? <laughs> and hey, you know what? If they just invented it, they didn't, they didn't really know how it was going to work. And turns out it's a little bit better than they thought. So, um, so <laughs> Solo was Star Wars Story 2. Kessel Drift. <laughs> oh, that um, uh, couple guys that uh, I, I talk to uh, a good bit and uh, podcast from time to time, uh, uh, Matt and John from uh, Aggressive Negotiations have already started calling it uh, Corellian Drift. Well, there you go. Which I, I love that. Um, dude, I mean, how, how do you not make it a, a car movie? You know what I mean? Like, That's true. And, and, it, and it plays well. I mean, for the... I, I don't know. I like the chase scene at the beginning just because it's not, it's just not, a, it's not what I expected out of the chase scene. There's mm-hmm. more, it's not just a speed thing. It's, it's sort of an outwitting thing and, and doesn't really exactly work. Um, so I guess if we we're going to throw out final thoughts, my final thought would be, uh-huh. so we are, are able to move on. Really enjoyed it. Dug the character interactions. Wasn't sure going into it, what to expect. Did not have high hopes, particularly for the performances matching 
and I think I was pleasantly surprised walking out. It is one of my favorite Star Wars films. Not sure where I would rank it because of how safe it played it, but definitely a fun film. Um, I didn't expect... Did I already say what I didn't expect? Like, I don't know where I was with that. Did I say what I expected versus what wasn't just now? I don't know. Just No. Uh, I went in with low expectations, didn't know what to expect, wasn't expecting much out of the performances, and I was pleasantly surprised coming out of it. Really fun film, and uh, I'm eager to be able to watch it at home once we get the home video releases probably in either uh, late August or early September uh, when they finally come around. Heck, I've already got pre-orders in, so I'll be good to go either way. Cool, cool, cool. So, you know what? Now let's talk about Solo. Son of a... (laughs) In Battlefront 2. Oh, okay. See, that's different. That is different. So, in our last episode, previously on Cloud City Casino, (laughs) we talked about... Um, basically the beginning of the the Han Solo season. I keep calling it the Solo season because it's meant to coincide with the film, but as Jim Perry pointed out on our Facebook page, it is the Han Solo season. So it kind of makes sense that the first wave of content we got for it had nothing to do really with the Solo film. What do they we say? Got the job don't, at, don't they call that like, it's a difference without distinction or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, difference without a distinction. So we've got, uh, we got the Jabba's Palace map back, um, we got uh, new appearances based on Jabba's palace, uh, the bush disguise for Leia. We got the guard or the the, the skiff uh, costume for Lando and so on, which introduced legendary costumes that are 80,000 credits um, or 2,000 crystals, a.k.a. 20 real dollars, um, but didn't really give us a whole lot initially. Now we've got the rollout of what is essentially update number two for Solo, which is basically the, the main content for the season of Solo, or the Han Solo season. So we have uh, some new appearances that are in there now. We now have the Corellia Escape and Beckett's Crew legendary appearances for Han, which are based on Aldrin Ehrenreich. Uh, We have the Glover-based professional sportsman and raconteur uh, costumes or skins for Lando. All of those are legendary, so again, 80,000 credits or um, uh, 2,000 Crystals, a.k.a. $20. And for Chewbacca, we actually have another skin that didn't really get nearly as much attention, which is the epic skin, Vandor Heist, where he has the goggles on from the train robbery. Um, Kessel, the Coaxium Mines have been added as a new location. You can play that in Blast, Heroes vs. Villains, Hero Showdown, uh, and Arcade. They now have Extraction brought back, which is one of my favorite modes, actually. Uh, from the original game, from Outer Rim, has been brought back into the game, so now you can play Extraction. But it is kind of monotonous because you play it either on Kessel or in Jabba's Palace. That's it. Um, Lando's Millennium Falcon has been added as a playable vehicle in um, uh, the Starfighter Assault mode, which is pretty cool. Um, It actually has different abilities than the other ones. It's got a sort of a boost... It's got a, an ability to make the top and bottom cannons both fire essentially at the same time, kind of like the linked blasts on an X-Wing. And it's got a L3 acting as your co-pilot, not just with dialogue, but as an ability where basically when you activate it, it highlights enemies around you for you and for other players. And any enemy that is highlighted takes extra damage, which is cool. Um, and then, of course, they did you know kind of a nice swath of bug fixes and that sort of thing. Um, to go along with it. But the primary things were Extraction, Coaxium Mines on Kessel, and the new skins. And 
I got to be honest here. I said before that my 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 interest is waning in Battlefront 2. And this, I was hoping, was going to be what kind of injected some coaxium into it, so to speak. <laughs> Space um, NOS. Uh, it did nothing of the sort. Mm-hmm. Um, I jump into the game, and I enjoy extraction, but th- what you're chasing at this point is those new skins, pretty much. I mean, that's the only things, really, that you're trying to get. You're getting the milestones to get you know, the, the skin and emote crates and stuff like that. I don't care about that. The things that are going to be most notable are the skins themselves. But as I said last time, they've kind of overpriced, I think, these skins, particularly if we're talking about 20 real dollars if someone were to buy crystals. Um, but I jumped in and I started playing Extraction because I loved Extraction back on the original Battlefront. It was one of my absolute favorite modes. That and Sabotage. Uh, or should I say, Sabotage? There you go, sorry. The problem is, I get in, I play, play both maps. By the time I play both maps twice, I'm already kind of tired of just, you know, for some reason to me, the coaxium mines feel very bland. Um, and Jabba's Palace felt, feels like been there, done that, mm-hmm. right? But then again, so does Extraction, even though I really enjoy it, so not as big a thing there. Um, it plays well, but I, maybe it's because the, the teams that I was on sucked multiple times in a row. Um, but we were only getting... Between one and two hundred, in fact, usually about one hundred and fifteen credits per match. So, if that is an average, which seemed to be from when we played, we 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 won a couple, lost a couple, lost more than the ones that we won, but not very many of either. But on average, it was about one hundred and fifteen credits per match, which basically means that I would have to play eight hundred matches almost mm-hmm. to get one of the new skins. I need to play the more credit-awarding other modes, not the new one, to build up credits fast enough to have a chance to really do much with the new skins. And if the new skins are what we're supposed to be chasing, what's supposed to help be like, hey, you should keep playing because we got a new mode and checking out new stuff you can get. But the stuff we can get is so overpriced as to be out of reach for a casual player, then what they've just essentially done is they've given us new content that's going to serve the community that's there. Like, I know Jim's still playing like mad, and he was able to unlock a bunch of the skins because he's still playing like crazy. But I and many others are like, I was done with this months ago. You know, it's been since, what, December, since we got, you know, the, the season of The Last Jedi. There's been a few things in between then and now. But this is not enough to draw me in because the carrot to go, you know, you're not using a stick, but the carrot is a mile away. And... That's not fun when I jump in and play. Like, I can't just jump in and play. I'm going to, you know, like, I've already got the star cards that I want because I played it for so long before. What is supposed to grab me and draw me back in? At this point, I have to summarize the story still for the Star Wars Timeline Gold. I will be doing that soon. If it weren't for this show and us talking about Battlefront, it wouldn't be on my hard drive anymore. In fact, we've got a PlayStation in the living room. We've got the PlayStation in the bedroom. That's my primary one to play on. Um, I will probably install it just on the other one that we hardly ever use, so it's not sucking up hard drive space, and yet I can still go in every once in a while and check for new stuff. Because there's just... I, I'm done. I mean, it just this was their chance to draw me back in. The beginning of the solo season didn't do it, but I was holding out hope that maybe once we finally got further into June, the new stuff would knock my socks off. Mm-hmm. and it hasn't. And I know they've announced Clone Wars stuff we'll talk about from E3. That's not really grabbing my attention either. 
I mean, we got story DLC might do it, but they've already done their story DLC, and it doesn't look like they're going to be doing any more. I don't even have the impetus, like, at least for the first Battlefront, you know, I love the fact that we're getting free content. But for the first Battlefront, what brought me back with every DLC was the fact that the DLC was pretty substantial, and I'd already paid for it. And I'm going to get my friggin' money's worth out of it. The fact that there are free updates and they're just kind of meant to me is causing me to have absolutely no impetus to play anymore. Um, so I don't know. I, like I love that Extraction's back, and I had fun with it for a little bit, but that it just it disappeared quickly. It feels more tedious for me to play when, for me, the target is more skins that are that are going to take me grinding for days and days and days to get. And I'm just like, screw it. You move the <laughs> carrot too far away for me. Right. But. At, by and large, for those who are still playing the game, I think it's going to be a fantastic addition because you've got a new location, you've got the new mode, you've got new skins to chase after, um, you've got a new ship, and they've got a, a, like a heroes versus villains kind of ship mode that's coming in the very near future, which would be cool because I love that those modes. Um, so for those who are still way into it, you know, racking up the credits like mad, it's going to be a pretty sweet update. It just wasn't for me because for me this was the last chance and right. it, it didn't do it. Well, you know, if anybody's um, hoping that I'll actually be able to kind of differ here and, and come in and say something, I would certainly like to, I'd certainly like to play the game, but I can't do either of those things. <laughs> Rant incoming. Rant <laughs> incoming. So like I said, it's look, I, I love star Wars games and everything. And, but like I said, right now, um, the, the Star Wars movies will always come first, you know, and, and, and I have been spending, obviously I've seen it seven times. So I've been spending quite a bit of time at the theater. Uh, and then of course, like I said, I work a lot, so I don't have a whole lot of time. I've been wanting to get to, uh, playing this for a while, but today was the first chance I got to, got to do it. And I text Nate and I'm like, Hey Nate, um, for some reason, it's saying that I need to update the game, which, you know, good. I'm glad I didn't need to also update the, because I checked that as well, because even though I have the system it, software. Yeah, because even though I have it set. This isn't an Xbox. It's not going to do it to you every time you try to play like mine always does, or used to before I turned on automatic updates oh. on the Xbox and just let it stay on. Uh, well, you know what? I, I turned on automatic updates. Because and it still didn't was, do it? Um, no, I still have to update from time to time. I don't know. I huh. hate, I want to throw it in the yard, but it has Darth Vader on it, so it's too pretty. So I won't. But, um, you know, I, I just get, I get so frustrated with, with this whole software thing. that I liked the way the PS3 was. The PS4 is just, duh. It, it frustrates me. It freaking frustrates me. And the thing is... So, because like I said, it's always updates on everything. Oh, you have to do a game update. You have to do a system update. You have to update your mother. Like, it just, it's too much, okay? And like I said, even though I've turned it on, I still seems like I always have to do updates. And I, I'm, I'm absolutely over it. It's so frustrating. And because they take forever. So yeah, there's something there's something weird with your with your settings or something if it's not doing the I think the automatic downloads. I mean maybe 
I know that in my case, you know, I have to check the settings every once in a while, like if the power goes out or something and just kills it and I have to yeah, boot I mean, it back up. But even then, I don't usually have to do much. Usually, they still automatically Maybe it's something with that. I don't know. Maybe it loses connection to online. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just know that, like I said, it's always feels are like... You collect, are you connecting it through your dial-up? No, not through dial-up. <laughs> but so on top of that, I get the message that says, oh, you need to exit the game and update. I'm like, all right, fine. So I exit the game and I look on the, the little, you know, the couple little options there on the actual um, option menu on where it shows the game and everything. And there's nothing about an update. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's in the PlayStation Store. Nope, not there. Well, let me go to my settings. Nope, not there. And after spending like 15 minutes trying to find this, I text you. And you're like, no, nah, it should do that on its own. And I'm like, well, it didn't. <laughs> so, click the options button. Yeah, and you're like, click the options button. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, seriously? Why is the, like, why would it not be the same? Why would there, like... Why would it not be the same as what? As as the the little um, and I'm not sure exactly what they call it, but there's also a little drop down menu on the game. So why why do I need both? Why do I need an options menu for for the game that has like s- several different options, and then also another options menu there that has different things? Put well, them one together. One of them is for management of the software. The other one is for you know it's, you know friends streaming and you know find it in the store and stuff like that. But if you want to see like. Patch notes if they included them. The update history, uh, delete the save game or delete the game itself, and that sort of thing. That's where the the start button comes in. Oh. You just must not have deleted a lot of software off your PS4. No, I never to ever do. have really had to use that menu because I'm deleting stuff all the time to clear space because I keep downloading all the VR games that are mostly digital. No, I I never do because I I don't care. Like I own this system for Star Wars games, and in December maybe. Although right now I'm really questioning it. Um, I might get that Spider-Man game, but I don't I don't play console games because it's ridiculous and it's not as user friendly as it should be. All <laughs> so, of the so so the PC Master Race member. <laughs> just got confused by a PS4. Isn't that like the computer programmer who can't figure out his VCR? If the VCR is stupid and not <laughs> not like when you have to press, you have two different things. It's like, why would you not just put them together? I know. Hitting, hitting play on the VCR side and hitting play on the DVD side of your combo player is just too damn complicated. No. I can't believe... And I can't believe that play and stop are different buttons. No, but it's totally different, though. I know, Because it's, I know, it's I know. not hitting play. I can't believe that I have to program my clock over here and hit play over here. That's more. That's a better analogy. But it's a it's a freaking different... It's a completely different thing. It's like, <laughs> if, it's like you want to change the clock, but the only way to do it is by actually ha- taking the VCR remote and then hitting a secret button that you've never used before because why the hell would you? It's just... It's stupid. Like you know why it's the only it's the only uh, system and controller with an options button because you don't need it because on every other system it it's another button that opens up a menu it's either the start button or it's a button to open up another menu or most of them have two buttons it's just a question of which button what's it called or they have at least one other button other than like the the home button it just it's interesting just to hear the uh, like all these things that I just take for granted because I'm such a console guy I mean we've got I said we've got the the three sixty the Star Wars three sixty plus the old uh, uh, Wii U 
and PS3 set up in my office, we've got the PS4 that was fixed under warranty with the older PSVR in the living room. And in the bedroom, we've got the Xbox One S, um, the PS4 that we use most and the newer PSVR, and the Switch now. So like, and my PC couldn't run most of the games that exist now. Like, go back a few years and maybe some of the newer games then would play on it. And hearing your frustration, it it's just, it's a completely different, it's like an alien world <laughs> to me. But I guess it's kind of like me going into a store and being like, well, I'm going to go get a PC game. And I start looking at the stats on the side to figure out if my computer will play it. And my answer is is never yes or no. It's always, I'm just going to put that back on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> See, like I said, to me, that stuff is always way more straightforward. And I don't feel like that the place, because this isn't the first time I've I've had issues with not being able to find something in fact i constantly have to ask you and, and there's even been times when you're like i don't know dude and i'm like yeah why is this so hard like anytime i'd have to download any sort of dlc it's always a fun little hunt of how do i actually get this into the game you know it's just it's not done very well it, it's not intuitive it's just it's it's stupid and i hate it and i'm really happy that North Korea um, completely hacked Sony because they sort of deserve it right now. This message not brought to you by Sony Entertainment of America. <laughs> Was that too? Would that offend people? You think? Uh, I, I I don't know. Maybe that's something that Trump should ask in the next of the meetings. You know, hey, I love you, little Rocket Man. Could you do me a favor? Stop having people hack Sony. <laughs> Please. I'm just. Well, I'm. I'm just asking. Would would that offend people that they're like? I can't believe you said that. I feel like that's that's pretty tame. Um, that you are that's you that you can't figure out consoles. No, it's. I don't think it's going to offend anybody. I think it's going to make people feel sorry for you a little bit. But other than that, I mean, I guess you know what they, they will pity your. <sighs> let's let's move along to at yeah. least what they've announced for Battlefront 2 because yes. like I said I would like to play it and and now it's all downloaded so after this uh episode's over I still can't cuz I got to eat and then um uh do another podcast en but enjoy the grinding to get the uh to get the Lando skin. I know somebody said, you know, well, if you go in and like you get your 500 daily credits, right? And then you do uh, the battle mode and grind it for your 1500. Then you do the dailies. I mean, that's like 4,000 like in a day. And if you do it every single day, it builds up, et cetera. And I'm like, yeah, that's way too much grinding for me. I'm sorry. I, I've played the grindy games. I grinded the hell out of the first Battlefront. I'm done with the grindy gameplay, unless you're going to give me a reason to want to. Mm -hmm. um, but it, en enjoy, because you're going to need uh, 160,000 credits, or 40 bucks, to get your two new Lando skins. Or Sorry, your two newest Lando skins. You will also need another 80k um, mm -hmm. for, or 20 bucks for the other new Lando skin. Um, anyway, um... So for Battlefront 2, we had the announcement that Clone Wars is coming. Um, we kind of already knew that because of all the leaks of people being able to like pull you know skins out of, I guess, the PC copies or whatever. Um, we'll be getting a new Geonosis map that will be the largest ever in Battlefront. Um, we will have playable heroes of Obi-Wan, Anakin, Count Dooku, and Grievous, which oh, we kind of expected. Know Although about the Dooku. We, we are, however, based on their descriptions, it sounds like we are going to have to unlock them with credits, too. So that'll <laughs> be fun. Um, but that, um, but yeah, the, the next 
big update, the next big season, is going to be focused on Clone Wars. Though they haven't said exactly how many more seasons there will be. Um, mm-hmm. And between now and then, sometime next month in July, that will be when we get that new Starfighter mode. Right. That's focused on hero ships. And it works kind of like Hero Showdown, where everybody would start as one of the hero or villain ships. But then once you're killed, you respawn as just a normal ship. And the first team to take out all the other heroes or villains on the opposite team wins. Um, so you have a chance for some of us who have been, you know, assuming I was playing, uh, for those of us who have been really kind of frustrated by how long it takes to grind out some of the milestones with some of the hero ships just in Starfighter Assault, here's an instance where kind of like trying to grind out hero things, you can play Heroes vs. Villains or Hero Showdown. Now we'll have sort of a space version of that that automatically throws you into um, hero ships from the get-go, which is kind of cool. So um, sort of two updates coming, that update, but then the Clone Wars thing later down the line. Yeah, yeah, that's in, uh, what when did they say, in the fall? And then the... The Starfighter thing is supposed to be coming in July. Yeah, so we're the the game is basically getting at least about a year's worth of life out of it. I'm not sure how much we should expect beyond that. Uh, it seems as though the new content, or at least the big waves of content, the seasons are coming a little bit further apart. At least it feels like at least a little bit further apart than the DLCs did for the original Battlefront. But mm-hmm. wasn't that about a year cycle too? So it kind of makes sense that we're we're getting to the point where support will start to wane for battlefront right around the same time as this other game from ea launches um not see i'm not i don't think so i think it's uh i think we're gonna have like a year gap because so look basically so this should be oh that's true because the mm-hmm. year yeah because you're right because the new thing was fall of 19 mm-hmm well, not they're saying. 18, well, they're not even saying right? fall. They're saying a, a holiday season. So, oh, holiday season, right? So, so yeah. So we are talking about. Well, this is like the Star Wars movies where we're going to have a year and a half gap. I won't stand for it. Says you know people who waited decades right. before. So, what is that other game that has been announced for? Uh, and we've seen. We knew the company that was involved, but we didn't have a title or any sense of what it was about before, and now we have a title and very little sense of what it's about, but at least they've announced something, so what else do we learn at E3? Mandalorian Knights. No, that's... Uh, <laughs> Try again. So that was actually what people, um, I guess, was sort of leaked slash speculated or whatever. There was something going around, and but they also said that it was going to be a mobile game, and I'm like, oh lord, I will flip my desk and... <laughs> And, and this desk weighs like 150 pounds, so no, I won't. But I'll be mad. Um, yeah, I just, whatever. But fortunately, it's not a mobile game. It's an actual nope. game. And it's, Oh, so mobile games aren't games. Well. <laughs> no, they're really not. Continue. <laughs> um, and I say that, which, but you know what I just started playing uh, a couple days ago and I've actually enjoyed is... Um, Galaxy of Heroes. It's it's actually kind of fun for now. Um, nice. But we'll nice, see I once guess. I start getting into it more. If it, if I'm like, this is just a grind. All they want's my money. Stop it. Um, but anyhow, point being, uh, there's not a lot that we know about this game. You haven't even told us the title of it yet. I did too. It just wasn't the real title. It's uh, Star Wars it- Je- Jedi Fallen Order. There you go. Yeah. 
From Respawn Entertainment comes a brand new action-adventure game which tells an original Star Wars story around a surviving Padawan set shortly after the events of Star Wars Episode 3. Wait Avengers a minute. Sith. That's not an original story. The game will be releasing holiday 2019, et cetera, et cetera. Sign up for the newsletter and stuff. There's a lot of TMs, a lot of trademarks. Did you hear what I said? That, uh, yes, I heard what you said. <laughs> that that's not an original story. It's not. Um, it depends on who the who the who the Padawan is. And it doesn't matter. It's not original. It's something that we've gotten before. It was Kanan Jarrus. But it's a news. It's going to be a story that. Okay, let's rewind and, and get back to the important word of the sentence. The important word there is not original. It's hey, look, it's respawn and it's EA and it's actually a friggin' story. Did you hear there that? There was a lot of Did concern. You hear that sound? That we- that, yes, that, that was the sound of me. Crap. I flipped my keyboard because I can't flip my desk because it's too heavy. Eh, well. <laughs> um, but no, the I mean, with this being Respawn, I mean, Respawn's track record um, is pretty good. But to expect a story-driven game from Respawn isn't necessarily what was immediately popping to people's minds, right? But to find that this is EA and Respawn who seem to be telling us that what we're going to get here is an action-adventure game with an original story, not a multiplayer-focused game like Battlefront with a story as part of it, which was great for Battlefront 2, but which certainly wasn't the focus of the game and certainly hasn't been post-launch. Here's a game that sounds like it's going to be primarily focused on story, whether you like the idea of the (laughs) Padawan thing or not. Um, And it's in an era in which... You know, there's the potential for connections to things. I mean, we've got the uh, the current Darth Vader series by Charles Soule that's going. Soul. Um, I think it was Soul. Soul. Charles Soul. Soul. Yep. Yeah, the, the the guy that did the Lando stuff. Um, but that that's one that's been going very well. Um, so it's interesting, you know, that they're telling this story again. And, and maybe for all we know, it's the adventures of Kanan after the Kanan comics are over with. Um, but I doubt it. I, I'm assuming it'll probably be, you know, some original character here but that's really all we know i mean jedi fallen order was the title and then they just followed it up with yeah it's between the films it's closer to revenge of the sith and it's a story so for me respawn story that's enough to know for now when we still have over a year to go although it would have been nice to because with battlefront right around this time wasn't that right around the time they were giving us like some sense of a like a like not storyboards, but like concept art and stuff like that. Uh, or is that, or is that? Am I, am I thinking a little further along? And I'm just assuming because it's been so long that it all kind of so long ago it all kind of blurs together. Yeah. But I remember we got a lot of teases for Battlefront before Battlefront really got that close to launch. See, um, I don't really. But remember it is a year much and a half. Bef- I don't remember much before uh, Celebration 2015. If you're talking about the first Battlefront. Yeah, I just I remember there was a teaser. With the you know the snow of Hoth and the speeders, I guess it was, mm-hmm. um, and then we got bits and pieces of how like we're using actual props and this and that in order to scan this in and make it as realistic as possible, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought that was fairly early on. Um, mm-hmm. Needless to say, a lot of people were really excited about getting more information about new Star Wars games from E3. And we got kind of a mixed bag in that we got a lot of new information about what's coming for Battlefront 2 but very little for this new game, Fallen Order. And uh, from what I what I could tell, not a single peep about the Visceral game, at least from what I could tell. Did I miss something with Visceral and their game being announced, or is it just it's still so much back on the drawing board that they're not even going to talk about it? 
uh, Visceral's gone. I mean, the game that was going to be made by Visceral. Um, you know, I mean, when I said the Visceral game, I mean the one that was being made, and they said like, "Well, we're we're going a different direction." You know, when Visceral was gone, was was going away. You know, we're going to retool this or whatever, right? Yeah, I remember. Okay, so I remember them. I'm talking about the retooling of it or whatever it is, because right. because they didn't say it was dead, dead. They treated it like it was like on life support, and it was being given, you know, artificial limbs or something. It was being right. recreated as more machine than man, but it was still going to at least happen some way. I, I don't know right now. We can I can look into that later. Um, but hey, here's the thing that I actually kind of like about this. If you notice, it's the the title, right? Okay. It's uh, Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order. Um, so, for instance, they could do like um, um, Star Wars Jedi time to rebuild, rebuild, <laughs> rebuild. rebuild. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds that's a and they could title, do, but it's... they could do a, a gastrointestinal version because, as you just said, <laughs> it is Jedi colon Fallen Order. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, anyhow, the point I'm trying to make is that if they. I'm kind of hoping they do it sort of like the Jedi Knight series. You know what I mean? Right, because having that subtitle makes it sound like this is the start of potentially a little mini franchise mm-hmm. or start. And 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 honestly, so I was I was more joking about the whole Kanan thing um, because honestly, what I would kind of like is for them to be like, yeah, you've heard this story before because actually it is Kanan. And, and I, I would actually kind of like them to jump into, they could put the period, they could put it like in that period um, around, um, like basically from what we read in, because there is a big jump between what we read in um, the Kanan comic to what uh, we got in Rebels or even the... Uh, a New Dawn. John, yeah. Um and I think that you could do some stuff there, you know, maybe just kind of give what we saw in the comic, you know, just give us uh, that in motion and then you can sort of jump through. You can give us some more stuff around it or whatever. And then um, you can sort of jump ahead a little bit or and you can tell something in there. I think that'd be great because Kanan's a very popular uh, character. Freddie Prince Jr. is a big gamer. So he would, I, I guarantee you, he would jump at the chance to voice this character um further in in a game uh granted I, you, you might then run into a little bit of like okay well how old is he if, if freddie prince jr is doing it like maybe you would want to do a younger person or whatever i don't know you worry that stuff you know uh i'm, I'm not going to do your job for you uh respawn all right but i think i think that actually would be kind of cool because uh, i mean we talked about you know the jedi knight games and the relation to that, I mean, how many people have said that Kanan is the new Kyle Katarn anyway? So, just saying. There you go. I've already done half the job. You finish it up. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm hoping that it's someone we haven't seen before, but that we're given a good rationale for why we haven't heard of him. But most of that era, at least the closer side to Revenge of the Sith, rather than a little bit closer to A New Hope, hasn't really been explored all that much yet within canon um so whether it is a canon canon so to speak <laughs> or somebody else you, i think it'll be good i just just the fact that they're saying that they're not saying it's it's a brand new star wars multiplayer game that'll also have a story that they're actually saying a brand new action adventure game which tells an original star wars story 
the fact that that is in what little they've told us, that seems promising to me. Like it, it, even though it's probably going to have some type of multiplayer mode because you know EA, as I recall, doesn't believe in single player <laughs> games that much anymore or stories story only one experience kind of modes anymore. Um, but that that to me sounds promising, and it's and I'll be honest, like right now, I kind of feel like we're at a point where anything other than a Lego Star Wars game, a mobile game, or Battlefront is welcome. Mm -hmm. Because it's at least a change of pace. Because it's been a while since we've had a Star Wars game that wasn't a mobile game, a Lego game, a, a reissue of an old game, or Battlefront. Um, and it's... It's it's again just like with the Battlefront two thing. It's just kind of wearing on me. I'm like I'm like get me excited for something with Star Wars gaming, please. Uh, when it comes to the video games, because that was my bread and butter. That's why I got into an HD television and why I got into the PS3 generation at all was because the Force Unleashed was coming and I didn't want to be playing on the substandard Wii version. I wanted the PS3 HD version. And it was always so exciting when new Star Wars games were about to launch. And the hype was was part of the fun of, of discussing, oh, what could this be? And lately it's it's been it, it just hasn't had that level of excitement in it. You know, the focus is on the films and the TV series, and the games are one of the sides that just seems like it's been been not floundering, but just it hasn't been as robust a, a venue for Star Wars as it was in the past. And yeah. that's been a disappointing part of the new canon. I, I agree 150 freaking percent. I know that's an irrational number, but... Um, yeah. No, no, pi is an irrational number. You're an irrational number. Listen, um, he, here's what I, I, I... Like I said, I don't, I don't even need... And I'm sure this is probably uh, frustrate and anger some people, but I don't even have to have every game be a good game. Just make more. You know what I mean? Like, give me one or two a year. Bring on the shovelware? Is that what you're saying? No, probably not. No, I mean, it doesn't have to be that. But, uh, I mean, just... But I, get, I hear you. Just give us more mm -hmm. games in general. Just it, And it's interesting. We, we're in an... And this is where I think... What was the game going to be called? First Assault? I think it was. The one that was going to be on Xbox Live. Yeah. Arcade. This, I mean, we're it, we're in a time where not every game needs to be AAA, gigantic, physical and digital release with all kinds of promotion. I mean, you could do a console release of a game that is straight to PSN, straight to Xbox Live Arcade, or something like that. It's just a small Star Wars experience. It doesn't cost you nearly as much. Mm -hmm. That's still fun. And what have we gotten for the most part with that recently, aside from just old games being able to be played on Xbox One now? is what star wars pinball and yeah. such i mean it's like it's either an app or it's a blockbuster and nothing in between and that in between space is where they could really do a lot of cool things especially with you know bringing an indie developer who happens to work like and, and it gets published under ea or something and let them do something kind of fun and experimental and different with a star wars game just for those platforms so there's no cost of physical distribution the possibilities are huge but instead they're playing it very 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 safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't have anything more to say with it, but so I actually did just have a, uh, a, what I think is a cool idea. And you, you can let me know what you think. Um, 
what if the because I think this would actually be an awesome story. So we know it's a, a Jedi Knight. What if that Jedi Knight? Because I even double checked they they don't give a gender. Uh, I'm sorry, not Jedi Knight, but um, uh, Jedi Padawan. Uh, what if it was Barriss Offee? I guess that would work. It depends on who you're. No, no, I think that no, I think that'd be good. I was just thinking in terms of of which era of the character, but if it's that era, I mean, we had, do have a character that at this point is jaded. Mm-hmm. She would be able to survive because she wasn't within the Jedi Order anymore. In a lot of ways, she'd sort of be like a more cynical version of an Ahsoka type character. Mm-hmm. Could even have Ahsoka be a character she has a run in with, yeah. perhaps, as long as it doesn't wind up doing things that contradict, say, the Ahsoka novel, because there's not really a whole lot with Ahsoka between that novel and the rest. Heck, for all we know, this this could be the adventures of Ahsoka Tano as Fulcrum in game form. Unlikely, because she was trying to be kind of on the down low with the whole right. Jedi thing, but again, we don't know at this mm-hmm. point. Um, it's all just straight up speculation. Yeah. But I, I think I think Barris is the most interesting because I, I think it would be really cool to see her. Um, I, I like the idea of basically having her as sort of a uh, what's the the word uh, sort of an antihero mm-hmm. that could sort kind of, of a Punisher esque mm-hmm. Jedi and and maybe start kind of leaning a little bit more back toward the light a little bit. Um, I, I actually now I want this game, <laughs> but about, I want it to uh, be this, um, which is so, dangerous so, because so that's good. Yeah, if it ends up not being that, then I could turn around and then be like, "Oh, this isn't going to be as good as that game I made in my head." Um, well, as long as it's not you know Samuel L. Jackson back as as Mace somehow surviving, um, or the uh, you know what it could be hmm. it could be a game all about the uh, Master Skywalker. What are we going to do? <laughs> that kid's totally dead. <laughs> That kid's dead as crap. No, man. He had like force speed, like the little kid in Incredibles, which I've finally seen, right? He just dashes on out of there and gets his own game later. No, the the only speed that would have been taking place is if Anakin just picked him up and chunked him out the window. Maybe he lands right next to Mace and they form a duo and now it's a co-op game. C-E-A. We still have better ideas than you do sometimes. <laughs> hey, at least we have ideas. Only sometimes. That's the so. difference. I, I will give them that because I really enjoyed the Inferno Squad stuff. No, so. it was great. I just, like I said, you it doesn't even have to be that good. Just give me more. And I, like I said, I know there's going to be people who are like, no, I would rather things take their time and come out. Shut up. I need my entertainment. But isn't that isn't that what people griped about? Though? Isn't that what people said was the downfall of Star Wars games? Was it got to a point where we had so many Star Wars games of middling to okay quality amongst the few gems that it diluted Star Wars games, and that's why they needed to pull back when they did right before Lucasfilm itself collapsed. Maybe. Aren't you essentially begging? Aren't you? Aren't you the the, the exact person Santayana um, said was the problem? The one who doesn't remember the past and is doomed to repeat it and all that. Um, maybe people said that I wasn't one of them. Uh, I would call those people morons, but that's just me. I'm taking, uh, look, I'm taking hard lines in the sand today. All right. It sounds like it, it sounds like <laughs> we, we should be all looking to you for guidance now that Master Morris, what are we going to do? And then I throw you out the Jedi temple. Throw me out the window. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. That's not even what happened, but in my mind, he just starts grabbing Padawans and chunking them. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so 
I mean, do, I guess we we've pretty much covered everything. Um, uh, even I our, think so. Uh, oh, I w- though I will say, um, mm-hmm. for those who are keeping an eye out, um, I can talk about it and do video reviews once I get them in my hands because I'm sure I'm going to order them here in a little bit. Um, but they did just announce, announce a, yet another couple of skirmish maps out there for Imperial Assault. Um, we can talk about more of that in uh, future episodes as we see more about uh, upcoming other Imperial Assault products and whatnot. But I did want to mention that because I know that that doesn't get nearly the news play that new expansion content as a new villain and hero pack so sometimes they get missed but yes they did just announce um a couple more of them uh, lothal wastes is one and the other one completely shoots over my head because i only saw it as we were about to sit down um, but they have announced two right on um so hey want to contact the show uh there's a couple ways you can all you got to do is just go ahead and send us an email over to cloudcitycasino at gmail.com uh, we actually had an email this time but uh, it was from uh, Chris Locke, Chris I'm sorry buddy uh, that was a freaking novel and we just did not have time to get to it so we'll try and get to it on our next episode um, but anyone else like I said go ahead and uh, shoot us an email find us on Twitter uh, Cloud City Casino Facebook page same thing uh, I am over at uh, Twitter and Instagram as Morris Isley should be pretty easy to find. And Nate's got like a billion places you can find him. Where that be, Nate? You can find my book, A Saga on Home Video, a fan's guide to U.S. Star Wars home video releases on Amazon, along with other places. My Star Wars Timeline Gold, which is having its final edition later this summer. You can find it at StarWarsFanWars.com slash Timeline. Uh, you can find Star Wars Beyond the Films, which I host with Mark Herleman, right alongside Cloud City Casino over on StarWarsReport.com. And my YouTube channel with stuff like from the Star Wars Home Video Library, video reviews of Fantasy Flight Game stuff, etc., etc. That is over there on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Chrono Radio. And the last place to find me, if you want to get some exclusive content and support my various things that I'm doing, like buying Fantasy Flight Game stuff to review, then, <laughs> uh, hey, swing by the Patreon. It's Patreon.com slash Nathan P. Butler, all as one word. Cool, cool, cool. And I hey, kind of say it all as one word now. I've heard it. I've said it so many times. You think? Uh, like I don't take a breath between Nathan B. Butler anymore. <laughs> so listen, another thing people need to do because it's actually just looked. It's been since like October. Give us a review, and if it's not five stars, don't worry about it. Is that what you're about to say again? No, I mean mostly. Master Morris, give, what should we do? Give us a review and make it five stars. Do both. That's the same. No, listen, people stopped, and it's because you quit giving out links. They needed those links. And you, what are you? <laughs> and you quit giving them out. And so now they they wanted to buy your book, but they can't because you don't give the link. And They just search it on Amazon. It was, you're, this is, there's going to be someday a Hall of Fame at the end of this show. Mm-hmm. And hanging on the wall will be the, the link joke. As the most oft-repeated, least funny in-joke <laughs> this show has ever hey, had. I laugh every time. I know you do, and <laughs> that's sad. But <laughs> you know. So, anyhow, hey, yeah, do us a, a huge favor. It, at the very least, just to break the very long uh, period since we last got a review. I don't know what's up with that. Seems, I mean, like, I'm seeing that the, we're getting more listeners. Our listenership has been up uh, since the last review, but we've not had another review. So if we had a review, then 
our listenership would probably go up even further. Maybe I don't know. Hey, do us a solid. Do people bother to li- to look at reviews before they subscribe to podcasts. I, I never have. You know, honestly, I don't know. Well, okay, so what it does is, um, I think too the way their algorithms work is that the more reviews that they have, that sort of goes into um, how likely it is to show up when people search for things, um, but similar to that, possibly. That may all okay. just be nonsense. Um, you know, simple tricks and nonsense. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I. You know what? I, I've completely lost uh, where I was going with that. You were saying nothing. leave a review. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But the point is, I'm I'm off track. I've got nothing else to say. So just uh, end it. Say that thing, Nate. That, that we the Let the Wookie win. Thank God. Because if he doesn't, he'll like smack the table and the holograms won't go away because, you know, they fly starships and stuff but don't understand holograms or something. Well, he was just mad. I've been there. I do stuff where I'm like, I should know this, but I'm just too mad right now and I'm not paying attention and I don't care. I'm going to flip my keyboard because my disc is too heavy. Hey, that was a funny joke that one or two people will laugh at. Okay. All right. All right. Done. This party's over.